Welcome to another episode of Two Dudes in a Podcast. I'm Dude Josh. With me is my co-host, Dude Taft. Today, we're going to talk about superheroes. So just a reminder, this is an adult podcast, and adult language will probably be used. That's right, you motherfucker. So if you don't like that, fuck off. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, so we're going to talk about some traits of a hero, who we think embody that, and we're just superheroes today. Or just heroes in general, doesn't really matter, don't have to be super. Uh, So let's just go ahead and kick this ball, get this ball rolling, you know, kick it off. Yeah, man. What makes a hero a superhero versus a regular hero? Oh, see, powers. <laughs> powers? powers. Is that it? To me, yeah. Uh, you know, and like Batman is a superhero because he has the power of plot armor. Same with like Punisher and Green Arrow and Hawkeye and things like that. They have the power of plot armor, um, which is the greatest power to have. I mean, so does like Frodo. Whoa, hey, don't you dare. Frodo worked for that shit. Plot armor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also yeah. known as Mithril. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think the basic thing between a hero and a superhero is just superpowers. Fair enough. Or gods becoming man and fighting for, for the little guy kind See, of thing. I think it's the scale. The scale? The scale. Okay. I think it's the scale of, like, the... Not so much the, like, task that they're trying to accomplish. Because, like, Frodo had a huge task. He's a hero, not a superhero. I think it's more of like the the scale at which the hero's used. Mm-hmm. You know, like a hero is used once or through like a TV show and has their story end. Yeah. A superhero has it continue on and continue on and continue on like Batman and Superman. Batman yeah. is in all rights not a superhero cuz he do- he doesn't have the he doesn't have a superpower. He's not a metahuman in any way shape or form. Except for you could argue his intelligence, but even then, I wouldn't count that as not a human. No, Batman is a, is a superhero because of money and he's intelligence. Got, he's got the greatest superpower of all, money. Yeah, uh, but another thing to kind of distinguish superhero and hero is that superhero is a genre in, a, in its own sense. Fair enough. Uh, you know, you kind of get when you see superhero movie or superhero comic, you, you kind of know what you're getting. Just all powerful being beating yeah. up all powerful beings, kind of thing. Fair enough. Um, so. I guess I'll just start off on my list. Yeah. I think one really important thing about being a hero that makes a good hero is just how relatable that hero is. That's fair. No, that does. Like, that changes how... Like, if a hero is relatable, you like them. If they're not relatable, you honestly don't give a shit. Yeah, and that's... uh, Well, we'll we'll dive into that as we move on. But that's the problem with Superman. Superman's not relatable. He's God. You know, same with like Doctor Manhattan and things like that. I disagree with this. I agree with the Doctor Manhattan. I disagree with the Superman. Yeah, Superman himself is not relatable, but like when he's being Superman, Clark Kent is incredibly relatable. So like when you when the two merge, it's the best. But like when Superman's just I'm Superman fighting the bad guy, that is it. But when you like have those moments between like take the Injustice series, Mm -hmm. um. Because honestly, that's the Superman I'm most familiar with in comics and stuff like that. Like yeah. I know the like the animated movies stuff like that, but I just haven't read many Superman comics except for the Injustice series. And so he has a moment with Batman where he's sitting there talking to his best friend. Oh, like right before everything, right before pops right off. before the shit hits the fan, he's sitting there talking to his best friend, 
asking him to be his god, like the godfather for his unborn child. Yeah. That right there is incredibly relatable. That's something that most people are going to go through. You know, if you have mm-hmm. kids, you're going to go through a moment like that, regardless if you have like you're Catholic, which is the whole godfather thing. A lot of people still go, hey, if something happens to me. Yeah. Godfather, Godfather, I would say is like more socially acceptable, like across the board, at least in like it is, America, but first is, world countries. For sure. But it's it's a Catholic tradition. Is yeah, what it for is. sure. Um, um but yeah. the, re- the reason I say that Superman's not relatable is I've tried many times to get into Superman comics, but it's what he's fighting is so beyond human understanding and like relatability because how do you make a threat to Superman? It's not it's I, not a small threat. No, I, I definitely see where you come from with that. And that is why with uh, Rocksteady, we thought that they were making a Superman game, mm-hmm. which confirmed they're not. Yeah, uh, that did that did drop the the other week. Yeah, but uh, so I'm I'm on a slight tangent. I'm not convinced that Superman's not gonna be in it. I'm thinking it's probably be like a Justice League game. That's what I'm hoping for. That'd be dope. Uh, especially with like what <clears throat> Spider Man kind of is setting up for the MCU. Like it would be cool to see DC just beat him to the punch. Yeah, that'd be cool. But the uh, I lost my train of thought for a second. Give me a sec. Yeah, I I get what you're saying about he is unrelatable when it comes to like the scale of his threats and i agree with that he really is and that's why you don't want to see him have a video game you know like that's the least believable part about injustice is that these guys are taking on superman they had to come up with some crazy idea that they have uh, synthetic kryptonian pills you know yeah that strength pills yeah that they they pop right before they go off on superman or wonder woman or something like that exactly and like that's not believable or it is with a severe suspension of disbelief. But it's the other elements of the story make that belief possible. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't break the story by any means. No, it doesn't. But like, I get what you're saying. It does make it a little bit harder to relate. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I think he becomes relatable when he's not the Superman. Yeah. Well, the the interesting thing about Superman in general, now that we're just full on our Superman tangent, is that it's not... It's a story about a god becoming human. Yeah. That's that's what intrigues people to read Superman comics. That's what I think the majority of the fan base is, is really enjoying him. Like like the Smallville series, for example, on mm-hmm. the CW. He's learning all these powers and like he has to really control himself in every aspect of his life because he just wants to be a normal kid, have a normal relationship, be on the football team, and those kinds of I things. I don't think in that case that that's a god becoming human. I think that's a human becoming god in Smallville. Yeah, but I think that's what makes it relatable. Yeah, like that, that idea, yeah. and that was my example for it. But yeah, Smallville is the reverse story of Superman, and that's why Smallville worked for so many years, because Clark Kent became relatable. Exactly. Um, but for my relatable hero that I picked, I picked Neo from The Matrix. Interesting. So Neo, when we find him, is like this office worker stuck in a shitty apartment, stuck in a shitty job, and he becomes the one, this messiah. And it's, uh, it's escapism yeah. fantasy, and that's really relatable because, you know— I have an office job. You will have an office job. That's just how it is. Yeah. And people can relate to that real easy. Uh, my second pick was Spider-Man. Spider-Man is one of the most relatable characters. Yeah. I just kind of want to throw the oddball in there first. I mean, he's not an oddball at all. Neo? I just oh, feel- oh, Neo. Okay. I thought yeah. you were talking about Spider-Man. Yeah. No. And Spider-Man, nerdy kid, yeah. uh, scrawny, like sick all the time, not athletic. Yeah. Gets these superpowers, gets everything he wants, and then has other normal problems. Girl problems, rent problems, family problems, whatever. Exactly. Like, Spider-Man's the ultimate relatable hero, and that's why he's the face of Marvel. That's true. No, uh, 
I did not have Relatable Hero on my list, but if I had to pick one, I'm going to go on my Red Dead tangent real quick because I'm in the middle of playing that still. <laughs> we are going to have a Red Dead episode. For sure. Eventually, For after sure. I finish it. Yeah. Uh, Arthur Morgan. Arthur Morgan is honestly one of the most relatable video game characters I've ever played, which is very weird because me and Arthur Morgan share nothing in common. <laughs> <laughs> we both have like blondish brown hair and blue eyes, and that is the end of our similarity. So you're white. You're white together. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Uh, but no, he's an incredibly relatable character because just the way he's written is so well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he does stuff like one of the big things in the game is money lending, and it's a job that you don't want to do. Like you don't want to do it yourself because like you feel nasty doing it when you go to do it. Regardless if you're playing a good guy or a bad guy, because you can play both. Like you can be a good guy or a bad guy, and uh, so y- you don't want to do it as the player, but also Arthur doesn't want to do it, and that's really interesting to me. And it's really cool how you can relate to somebody who's to- totally different than you. Mm-hmm. And usually, like when you're feeling something in the game, playing the game, he's feeling it as well. Yeah, you feel. I, I guess the relatable thing is that the relatable moral center. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, because in a video game, like, especially from Rocksteady, like with the GTA franchise, you're gonna do shit you would never do in real life. That's it, like, it's it's a flipped of script for Rocksteady as a not Rocksteady, Rockstar, Rockstar, Rocksteady, Rockstar as yeah. a yeah, Rocksteady's Batman, Rockstar as a studio to flip the script and be like, here's this morally good character that you get to follow for a couple hours. Yeah, no, it's it's. But he's not at the same time. He's not morally good. Okay. He like he has. It's weird. He's a he's a villain with morals, which almost makes him a hero. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. Like that. Uh, like that's that's the most I can really get into it without spoiling the game for anybody. Yeah, we'll have a spoiler full Red uh, Dead Two episode. Another eventually. video game character to look at is Kratos in the newest God of War. Again, need to play that. Me need too. to get on my I, PS4 I've games. Listened, I've listened to like just. I've been in a really big video game read recently, so I've been listening to a lot of video game podcasts, and I watched listen to a spoiler cast of God of War. God of War Four. Uh, I can't personally relate to Kratos in this game because it's a lot about his relationship with his son, mm-hmm. and there's a whole scene where your son, uh, Atreyu or Atreus, Atreyu is the guy from Never Ending Story, Atreus. <laughs> uh, Figures some secret out. He figures some big thing, like reveal about himself. He figures out, I mean, it's not a spoiler. His dad's the god of war. He figures out he's a god. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, yeah, I've, I've seen the scene, like the cut scene for where I think you're going. And No, because it's not really a cut scene. It's gameplay mechanics in it. Okay. Uh, so right after he figures that out, you have to go do some stuff. And throughout the game, you've been able to tell Atre- Atreus to like fire an arrow, do this, do that kind of thing. He doesn't listen every time you tell him after this because he's he's a pissy teenager at this point. Yeah. And you get aggravated with him and Kratos gets aggravated with him. And you're like, this is like this is the most related I've ever felt to a character because there's nothing that bonds you more than aggravation. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. So like, it's just, it's interesting in ways to see the way video games and, you know, Superman and comics, stuff like that. Play with your emotions to make you feel the same thing as the hero that you're playing as. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, what's one on your list, man? Uh, the first one I have on mine is a flawed hero. Okay. Um. So, 
like flawed hero like daredevil daredevil is an excellent example uh, okay what what makes daredevil flawed to you to me he's flawed because he wants to be a good person he mm-hmm. really does. He doesn't want to have to be the devil of Hell's Kitchen. And this is the second time we will talk about Catholicism in this podcast. He wants to be a good Catholic boy. Mm-hmm. But he can't stop breaking people's faces. Yeah, I I haven't read enough Daredevil to fully appreciate him. I'm more going off the TV show. Yeah, but uh, the TV show goes off the the legendary Frank Miller yeah. one, which I have bought and will start this week because it actually just showed up from Amazon. Hey, there you go. Uh, but that's that's kind of like a whole big thing is it's it's the greater good that he struggles with over the traditional good in a sense. So I I get where you're coming where he's flawed because he like uh he like the a, Punisher said you're a half measure and if he didn't have that Catholic faith he would be a def- more effective hero. It's true. He has a serious cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. that really messes with him. He wants so bad. To kill these guys, like to kill them and beat them to death, but he can't. So, also, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a mini tangent here. How dare they cancel Daredevil after season three? Like that was so I amazing. Still seen season three. Oh, dude, no. Everything you talked about, they just the entirety of season three is that argument of, am I a good person? Am I a good Catholic? Am I gonna give up the Daredevil life and start everything over or am I going to go back to how I was? And the whole season is about Kingpin torturing Matt. And, you know, minor spoilers, when you get to the end, like Matt has to make that decision. Am I going to kill Kingpin or not? Fair enough. Like, am I going to abandon these Catholic morals to to do what I think is the better for the world or am I going to be true to myself? It's very. I think that's a pretty good example of a flawed hero. I can't think of one better than Daredevil. Off yeah. the top of my head, I'm sure if we thought about it, we could. But like, we got to keep recording. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you got? Willpower. The uh, when you get Green you, Lanterns. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm going. I mean, because that's literally their fucking power. <laughs> okay, so for for those of you who don't know, Green Lantern is all about willpower, and so there's an emotional spectrum, and each emotion is designated a color. So we have green for will, yellow so let's for go fear. With Roy G. Biv, red, anger. Yes, anger. Rage. Blue. Huh. Rage. Yeah. Yeah. Orange Angry. is greed. Blue is hope. Yellow is fear. Green is willpower. Blue is hope. Uh, purple is love. Violet is love. Yeah. Purple, violet. And indigo is compassion. Something like that. Yeah. I, th- I think it's in compassion because it's the indigo tribe. It's the, it's the weirdest of them all. Yeah. Um, and then there's white, which is all of it, and black, which is death. Uh, the Jeff John, Jeff John drawn is there's so much to come. Dark like, Knight is amazing. I love Dark Knight. Yeah, there's so much to like take in and break down that without having read it reading it recently, I can't like tell you about it in the way that it should be told about. But anyway, so we have we have Hal Jordan, who is this reckless fighter pilot who gets the Green Lantern ring and soars through the ranks. Like so easily and so quickly, become he becomes even stronger than the guardians of will. And a lot of people like doubt him because he's a human, and that like humans can't control their emotions, and like that's a whole big thing. Sinestro like kicks his ass, but he always gets back up. He always keeps fighting. Uh, and then in the DC Rebirth, 
he makes his own lantern ring out of his own pure willpower. Does he really? Yeah, because uh, Owa gets destroyed in the yeah. in the whole power battery gets destroyed. So he like he starts over the Green Lantern Corps because he has the will to do it. Jesus. There's there's no better example of willpower than Green Lantern. That's literally his superpower. That that, that that's not like that's like saying like just pure strength and then talking about the Hulk. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the same thing. But yeah. I really enjoy a, a willpower story and willpower goes to a lot of different heroes. Like all heroes have a, a hint of willpower. We can go back to Daredevil and like yeah. he's just he has the will not to kill them. Yeah, he has the will to like get back up after he gets his ass beat by Bullseye, Punisher, because he does in whoever. Same with Batman. Batman fights people who are stronger than him all the time. Look at uh, look at Nightfall where Bane breaks his back, yeah. gets back up, recovers. Uh, willpower's just I think every good hero has willpower. That's yeah, you can't you can't have a a good hero without willpower. So on uh, on a slight tangent here, still talking about heroes. Why is it that more heroes ha- like it's heroes have their what's called their secret identity and stuff like that, but very few villains do. Hmm. I know it's pro- it's because they get caught, but like also they don't really se- seem to like try their hardest. They usually just take on the persona of that supervillain. Solely for the fact that it gives more intimidation to be called Bane than whatever Bane's real name is. Yeah, I think the only true one I can think of that has never had it revealed is the Joker. Yeah, and that's because nobody just fucking knows. Yeah, like there's no nobody can figure. There's it out. no forensics or DNA that can help them figure it out. Uh, but I think it's I think it's a psychosis thing. Like you're so arrogant and want that. It's a narcissistic tendency. You're so okay. arrogant that you just want to be recognized. Fair that's enough. what like that's what Lex Luthor is all about when you really break it down. Fair enough. Uh, so what's one on your list? Uh, this is not so much a like trait that a hero has, but just like a hero that I usually find very entertaining is uh, rebellious heroes. Okay. You know, like heroes that maybe you would take like Red Hood would be a rebellious hero or mm-hmm. Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. You can make the argument for them being rebellious here. But I also like heroes who are heroes in a rebellion. Like, like Luke your, Skywalker, Han like Solo. Like your Luke Skywalker's, Leia Skywalker, Han Solo, all of them. But the one I'm going to talk about is V from V for Vendetta. Oh, the, he can't do better. Can't do better no. than a hero in a rebellion. Oh. He is the rebellion himself. He ignites it, you know? Yeah. Uh, God, we need to, I want to, we're going to make a, a V episode. Oh, sure. No, they're, they're probably only at the current moment, there are only two serious like comics that we are gonna have an episode on that we know of from that we've known from the start of this podcast and yeah watchman uh, and v for vendetta yeah for sure uh i think i feel like you gotta just tangent on v because i feel like the need to be like the comic guy and step up but you know v so much better v, than i do v for vendetta is just an incredible comic where v is an unknown masked man he wears the guy fox mask he's now the uh face of like 4chan which whatever yeah. And, and, nom- and anonymous. It's the Guy Fox mask. And he's in an authoritarian government. He is experimented on and tortured and these experiments stuff. And he comes back and he's like, fuck this place. And he <laughs> kills everyone that tortured him and then decides, I'm going to bring down the government. <laughs> And so he gets, uh, I can't remember the girl's name because it's been a very long time since I read the comic. He gets Natalie Portman. <laughs> yeah, Natalie Portman. It's been a long time since I've read the, uh, the, the graphic novel and a very long, even longer time since I've seen the movie. 
which is honestly one of my favorite movies. And every time I watch it, I'm like... Do you like, think that's a pretty faithful adaptation? It's an incredibly faithful okay. adaptation. Uh, it's on the level of Watchmen. Okay. For like, um, But he finds a a prostitute. She's a prostitute. That's what she is. Yep. Uh, and so he saves her from one of... Uh, from her getting like mugged in the middle of the night or raped it's kind of not really stated uh, by some policemen because uh, like I said the whole government is corrupt and that goes all the way down to the cops and he saves her uh, he kills the men and saves her she's a little scared of him at first and then he does this terrible thing where but she's intrigued and then he does this terrible thing where he captures her he kidnaps her and tortures her and does basically what was kind of done to him and uh but gives her if i remember correctly this is definitely in the movie i'm pretty sure it's in the comics as well uh gives her like runs through a scenario where she's in a jail a jail cell yeah and she gets notes from a person in the prison next to her or finds notes in like the wall that was in the prison before her about a lesbian because the government is horribly right-winged, like mm-hmm. does not like gays, does not like bl- like blacks or anything like that. And it also takes place in Britain and doesn't like people of color. None of that. Uh, and so she finds a lesbian diary or notes to her and stuff like that and just describes her life. And she kind of relates to this girl. And it's like, this is terrible. Like, I didn't realize all this was going on. And so she's then like, brought out of this experience and V tells her like I did this and she's furious at first and then she comes to find out like no actually this made me a better person it made me realize what what we got to do and she helps him out uh that's only about halfway through <laughs> yeah V for Vendetta is is going to be like has to be a series once you really break it down for sure like, but I'm sure there's classes on it, like honestly, in college courses. There should be, because uh, it's like there should be political classes on it, honestly. But in the end, through like overthrowing propaganda and over and stuff like that, V is able to get like rally people to his cause, and he doesn't require anybody to do anything. He does it all himself. They just need to show up, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up sacrificing himself to save the Natalie Portman's character. And has a train in the subways that goes underneath Parliament and then blows it up. Uh, and he, like, people are there supporting him as he does it. And it's it's very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's very cool to watch. Uh, this is not me condoning anybody blowing up anything. Not okay. Here at Two Dudes in a Podcast, we do not, spo- yeah, we do <laughs> we do not, not support blowing the, up the shit. The blowing up of, of stuff. Unless it's a contained explosion and you're doing it with proper safety precautions. And for some reason, Adam Savage is there from Mythbusters. If he's there, it's cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he knows what he's doing. Uh, But he, uh, my favorite line from the movie, I'm not sure if it's in, I know the movie a lot better than I know the comic, but I did read the comic more recently, uh, is he's shooting, like somebody's shooting him and he goes like, why won't you die? And he goes, because ideas are bulletproof. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's in the movie for sure. That's, that's what V is. He's not a person. That's why he wears the mask. Mm-hmm. It's not because that he himself is a hero. His ideas are the hero and the idea, like he's really excellent. I love that comic. It's probably my favorite. 
hands down. Yeah. Uh, and is honestly one of the most impactful things I've ever read or seen. So we can talk about that way more when it comes to the actual <laughs> episode we do that on. We'll move on now. Josh, what do you have on your list? Uh, it, this is actually a pretty good segue. They, I feel like they relate. The, uh, I love a charismatic hero. One that oh, is just yeah, like... For sure. Uh, you know, like like the Three Musketeers. Just so much finesse and chivalry and just cool. He's yeah. just a fucking cool character. Yeah. Uh, so for my pick, I pick Ezio Editore de Firenze. Okay. Ezio. Yeah, yeah. No, I got Creed. it. I got it. Um, because, like, without the character of Ezio, Assassin's Creed never would have took off. And I disagree, but he definitely helped it. Yeah. So, the first game was very popular, so, like, that's why I disagree. Yeah, the mechanics was. But, uh, but Ezio, like, he goes through so much tragedy, but he still, like, holds his joy for life. Mm-hmm. And he just goes around and he has a good fucking time. Yeah. Like all the cutscenes of him are when he's, you know, not assassinating people are him like big chilling with his family or mm-hmm. like talking to some girl. But you're shaking his, family. Your head, his family's dead. No, like his mother and sister. <laughs> I know. But, but you, you, know, you get my point. Yeah. Or his uncle Mario. Yeah. Like he's actually having a good old time. Like, and he's just happy. Like for a man of such tragedy, he's still happy. He still enjoys life. And, it's kind of more refreshing to see because, like, if your father and brother died, wouldn't you just be an upset wreck for the rest of your life? It's good to see. I mean, you're halfway there. Wow. Really? On the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was going to come up eventually. Yeah, but and it was going to really come up wanted, in a way similar to this. I just wanted it to be at least 10 episodes in before we drop that. <laughs> <laughs> but you get my point. I love yeah. a charismatic hero. Yeah. No, I agree. Oh, what? I had I had a charismatic hero, but then I made the dead dad joke. So I forgot <laughs> it. <That was> my... <laughs> I fucking hate you, Tap. Um, um. Yeah, no, charismatic heroes are it kind of goes back to the relatable hero. Yeah. You know, if like a charismatic hero can make you relate to them. Yeah. Uh I think going back to relatable, Spider Man does that too with all his yeah. quips. He's exactly. Very charismatic. Yeah. Uh, going off of that we can kind of go into more like the opposite direction into more of like a questionable hero a question a hero who doesn't quite make you like them okay but like what they're doing you're like it's right but it's also really wrong yeah i mean i'm sure that's the one i can just think off the top of my head i'm not going there i'm going with rorschach okay very similar yeah very similar kind of characters just you know a little bit more obscure for people who aren't serious like like yeah yeah if if you keep listening to this podcast you will love watchmen by the end of it you will love watchmen (laughs) we will bring it up very often yeah but uh rorschach like there's the whole scene in the movie and in the comics because this is actually in the comics where they talk about like have you seen like some some supervillain or not supervillain some like some masked villain or whatever Mm -hmm. that they had because he was always running up to them just trying to get because he was a glutton for punishment, he was he was a masochist. He yeah, he liked to be beat, like he got off to it, and so he would go and fight these superheroes just so they would beat the shit out of him. And he did it to Rorschach one time, and Rorschach dropped him down an elevator shaft. Yeah, uh, but like that's not like that's not the example I'm using because that's right there is just like that's sad. Well, yeah, well something that Rorschach uh, did in the comics, he was uh, goes to prison. Well, I was going to talk about a different occurrence. Uh, he goes, he goes looking after this little girl mm-hmm. who was essentially trafficked, 
yeah. before like trafficking was really big in the 80s. Like I feel like a lot, of, it was, I'm sure it was there, but like a lot of people very knew about it. You didn't talk about it as much enough. Yeah, you didn't talk about it as much. But anyway, so this little girl is being, you know, molested by this creep and then he kills her and lets his dogs eat her. And so he goes and does like horrible things to the creep. But he also kills the dogs and throws the dogs at him. And part of me, like as an animal lover, is like, you didn't have to go that far, yeah. Rorschach. But I feel like that's a decent example because clearly it's this creep who deserved to die. But Rorschach went further than the average person would. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, it really that, makes you question like, and that's oh, a, how I shouldn't like this guy. That's exactly Rorschach's problem is that Rorschach takes it too far. Yeah. That's why he's so questionable uh, because he is a very black and white character. So his mom, from my understanding – uh, she was a whore. Yeah, she was. She was a whore, and I believe she got murdered. Uh, it's I either that or she OD'd, man. Something like it was that. One, yeah. of, one of the other. Something like that. I'm pretty sure she's dead. But like whatever it was, and she got beat a lot, you know, being yeah, being a prostitute, and um, so he really just has a like his mask. He sees the world in black and white. Yeah, and if you're in the white, you're good. If you're in the black, you're dead. Yeah, which is a bad way to see the world. Don't that doesn't make down. you a good hero. Exactly. Uh, but definitely a very entertaining, very he's interesting a, hero. He's still a hero. Like, very efficient and de- hero. And the and the definition of like in that movie, in the situation in that movie, he's still a hero, but he is solidly a very questionable hero. You're like, Rorschach, why did you have to do that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's my questionable hero. Yeah. So to to keep going down our personal lists, I have duty. As uh, as a good hero trait, and the ultimate uh, heroes who fulfill duty is uh, Frodo and Sam. Yeah, like it's not it's like so so you're thinking not so much a hero who chose to be a hero, but like has it thrust upon them. Yeah, and they have a, a duty to do something, and the ultimate duty is uh is the ring bear mm-hmm. for Frodo to take the ring to Mount Doom, knowing that it would uh you know hurt his soul, corrupt his soul, cause untold psychological and probably physical harm he does not anyway he does it willingly yeah uh and another thing is sam's duty to frodo to protect him yeah like the promise he made to gandalf he took that very very seriously and literally picked him up and carried him cry i cry every, every time like if you cry every time <laughs> like and i just i just don't think there's a, a better example of duty because they're not doing it from themselves if they were doing it for for themselves, they would have turned back, you know, a thousand times. Mm-hmm. But they did it for something greater than themselves, and they held true to that duty, and they succeeded, kind of. I think one you can kind of look at as well is bringing it back to Spider Man. Well, Spider Man's just the best. <laughs> Spider Man really is like one of the most all encompassing heroes when it comes to like he is what makes a great hero. He is. I mean, he he has these powers thrust upon him and. Of course, Uncle Bill, not Uncle Bill, Uncle Ben. <laughs> just go ahead and take my nerd card real quick. Yeah, let me, let me just, just go ahead and hand that yeah, over. Yeah, you get a week suspension, yeah. sir. Uh, Uncle Ben says, with great power comes great responsibility. And yeah, that's duty right God there. God damn it, was he right? You know, yeah. like. Uh, first things first, rest in peace, Uncle Ben. Yep, pour one out for my homie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so kind of going off a totally different direction. Okay. Uh superpowerless heroes kind of going with frodo and sam superpowerless mm-hmm. heroes yeah one thing i'm talking about uh hawkeye got it damn got me no <laughs> green arrow oh uh, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck <laughs> close but it wasn't right yeah 
Oh, man, I like Green Arrow so much more because Green Arrow would have been a good example of charismatic Exa- hero too. I was going to bring him up, but I was like, I'm going to save him. I'm yeah, going to save that was him. A good, that was a good play. Yeah. No, Oliver Queen, you know, he, he, he's another one of those guys who has the superpower of money, but also ridiculously good looks and really good with it, bow and arrow. Also, I'm a tangent. I'm a tangent real quick before okay. we continue. I don't like the CW Arrow show. I liked the first two seasons. Yeah, but it was like, he's not Batman. He's not Batman. Fuck, fuck off with that. He's a charismatic guy. He yeah. just, he smiles for fuck's sake. So they actually had a, a comic run that was like based off that. That was pretty mm-hmm. good. I read the like a, one or two issues of it. I didn't read a whole lot of it. Um, but the first two seasons are excellent. Yeah, it was good. I liked I liked going a different take with the hero, but you would think that they would make him charismatic they at def- some point. They definitely should have. They kept him too dark for too long. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they really didn't do Arsenal justice. Well, they didn't even do Speedy justice. Speedy was before Arsenal. It's true, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to let you continue. I just don't like the CW show. I just yeah, think it's, uh, well, it's a CW show. Like, they peaked at Smallville. I mean, <laughs> like, I think it was good. Started off good and just really dropped the ball as it went later on because they just tried to keep stuff in and try to keep storyline going. That yeah, just it really just... didn't work. Uh, but Oliver Queen, he's doesn't have superpowers, but he's part of the Justice League, you know, and he's not as smart as Batman. Like Batman, like we agree, like Batman is almost metahuman with his superpowers. That's yeah, almost. But. Oliver Queen is somebody who could take Batman in a fight. Batman would win. Batman would win. It would be yeah, with his it would head. Be, with his head. Yeah, it would he be. He would scuffle. not win in like physicality. Um, like, he might, but Oliver Queen is equally like, as like gadget to gadget. Ga- like no, not gadget. Like fisticuffs to fisticuffs. No, I think Batman would win all the all Oliver, the training with the the Oliver, League of Shadows and Oliver, things like that. Oliver, I would like. I'm giving that to Batman. Yeah. No, Oliver Queen is the equal in combatant. Like. I, I, uh, yeah, as cl- as close as you can be to Batman like, without being like Nightwing, without being directly trained I, by him. I mean, Oliver Queen, Oliver Queen was trained by the League of Shadows, who also trained Batman. Yeah, okay, for like a minute. No, Oliver Queen was is a, that in Rebirth? Is that in Canon? From what I, it's or is in, that in CW? It's because I think uh, that's a CW original. It's in it's in a comic. Okay, well I'm gonna take your word for it, man. It's in a comic, and it might be the CW comic that they wrote, but it's in a comic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like Green Arrow because he he feels like uh, just a guy, you know. He he really does more than Spider Man, more does. than Batman. He just feels like a dude who's just doing his best. He's also he also like, has like the rich funds to do it all. But he also is he gets married to another superhero, one with actual powers. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, they have a kid. I mean, there's a whole bunch of really great stuff with like with like going back to the Injustice series. Like, yeah, he's he's a good the, moral center too. He is. He's very like he's actually the first person that super like first hero that Superman kills. Yeah, because he had the balls to stand up to Superman. And it was like, it was an accident too. Uh, he was fired it? he fired an arrow at Superman and either bounced off Superman or something like that and hit either Ma or Pa Kent in the arm. And okay. Superman just lost his shit and beat okay. the fuck out of Green Arrow. But Green Arrow's a moral center, and most stories that you'll you'll see him in, especially in Injustice. Because he's like, I see what your point is, but it's wrong. Yeah. And I'm going to stand against you. I'm going to do it openly as just this person, as this human. Which, which that's kind of what you want when you're, when you're dealing with God-level people like Superman or, 
or even Batman. You you want a human being to, I guess, be your foil, be your moral foil. And that's what he is. He's, he's the he's the grounded center. Yeah, which is weird because he's not a major character, and you would think it'd be somebody else, but it's it's Green Arrow. It's Green Arrow, you know. But yeah, so Super Powerless Hero, always a fun one. Of course, there's Batman, Tony Stark. There's there's a ton of them, and honestly, they're some of the best. Oh yeah, because they just like they're they have to be cool because they can't rely on superpowers to make them cool. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> but so, uh, Green Arrow or Hawkeye? Like, if you had to pick one. Green Arrow, all the okay. way. Okay, I just wanted to be sure. No, like, we're on the same page. Hawkeye, like, I don't, as I'm sure you've picked up by now from listening to this podcast, I'm a big nerd person, but I'm not huge into, like, the comics. I do enjoy them. I just don't really think about them. Yeah, and you're, it, I'm horribly overwhelmed with where to pick one up. Yeah, and that's, that's I, the I biggest could do thing. a solo discussion about, like, how I did it. Yeah. And maybe try to do that for, like, you guys if you ever get interested. Like, that is my biggest thing. It's not that I don't like comics. It's that I'm horribly intimidated with picking one up. So, like, yeah. I knew where to pick up, thanks to Josh, with uh, Green Green Lantern. Uh, I knew, like, the Injustice one is a solo, like, on its own. Yeah, you could pick up Injustice year one and just go. Exactly. Like um. So, like, I know where to pick certain ones up, and I've read those, but, like, I can't just go and be like, I'm gonna start reading Batman, you know? Like, yeah, well... I'll, I can do a whole episode. That's going to be an upcoming episode where I try to explain Tap where to pick up on books. But, so, that, but, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, it's fine. But, uh, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not a huge comic book fan or anything like that. Or, not a fan. Reader. But I love superheroes. I love the movies. I love the cartoons. I love, I love just hearing about them, yeah. talking about them, stuff like that. So. Yeah, I would say that I'm definitely the comic you're dude def- and you're definitely the video game dude oh for sure so for sure you know i think that's makes a good podcast and we have it solidly split for <laughs> movies yeah for sure and tv um so for my next one i have a tragic i love a good tragedy in my hero okay uh batman i was gonna talk about wolverine but we'll, well talk about wrong because it's batman but <laughs> uh we can talk about batman if Martha! You want. <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm gonna tangent. I'm gonna fucking tangent. Man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Here's why. On paper, that's a great scene. Yeah. Here's why. Because you show Batman never sleeping. You show him go through like this workout montage. You see him hate Superman out of a one percent chance that he might end up being a bad guy. This man is a tortured soul by the events of what happened to his childhood. Yeah. And it makes sense to me that this man who was an insomniac, who was just so destroyed emotionally and, and clinically paranoid. Yeah, to actually stop when he hears his mother's name as mm-hmm. he's about to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense in my mind. But the movie was so fucking bad that that didn't work. Yeah, no. But if the movie was executed better and Superman was, you know, Superman and not a Batman wannabe, that would have been a great scene. People would applaud that scene. Or if, like, just bat. Honestly, I loved how brutal Batman was in the movies. I did. There's that whole scene where they're in the like you and I love to talk about this scene <laughs> when he gets in the foundation. Yeah, there's some guy like Batman is beating up on the third floor of a building and puts his head in the ground so hard there is a face plant in the foundation of that building now. Yeah, like I love that. I, like I love a good violent movie. I'm not gonna lie, Quentin Tarantino does excellent movies because <laughs> there's so much violence. I do. I yeah. can also respect a good one story. One of my favorite movies at the current moment has almost no death. <laughs> and it is A Star is Born. I love that movie. It gets to me. 
I didn't know I was. Dude, the, I didn't know I was the target audience for that, but apparently I am. Dude, all right. So I think it's coming out on Blu-ray. It's you know middle of January yeah. when we're recording this. We're gonna have to like get together and watch it and like take notes and then just go record. And just cry. Right yeah. Okay. I'm fine with that. <laughs> but um, no. But I think that scene would have worked a lot better if if Batman just wasn't as brutal. Like, we yeah. see him fucking branding people. Yeah. That's a lot. But see, I'm okay with that because it doesn't break his one rule. It doesn't, but it's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's a, a lot. lot for me to believe that Batman is going to torture somebody like that. Yeah. But, like, if that's the Batman you want to portray, that's fine. But you can't have him stop <laughs> shy of him about to murder Superman because he said Martha. Yeah. You for can sure. have him stop at any point in that because he can't kill Superman because he's killing. But not because he said Martha. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. But it's a brilliant scene on paper. It is just executed so I poorly. Agree. I agree. It is a brilliant scene on paper. And might have done well in a comic. Because you don't yeah. really have to like have him go, Martha. Yeah. You can have him like be like, Martha? Yeah. Did you say Henry, Martha? Henry Cavill is actually a good actor. He just had shit to work with. Honestly, I don't even think that it was a bad scene for Henry Cavill. I think Ben Affleck dropped the ball on that one. Ugh, well, Ben Affleck is hit or miss. Yeah, he is. I don't like Ben Affleck. I'm not crazy. Like, I don't dislike Ben Affleck, but I don't like him. But fuck Matt Damon. We'll talk about that on a different podcast. What? Go ahead. What? Yeah, we, we might have to talk about that. After no, I have, an, I have an unnatural hatred for no particular reason of Matt Damon. You don't, I don't like the Bourne films? I don't like his face. He I, has a punchable face. He has a very punchable face. <laughs> it's really funny, though, because Jos- Josie can't stand Ben Affleck. Like, has that same feeling that I have for Matt Damon towards Ben Affleck. So we complete the, the, the couple, you know? <laughs> but okay. So Tragic Hero. Tragic Hero. <laughs> Who is your Tragic Hero? Wolverine. Wolverine. Logan. All right, why? Why is Wolverine? Okay, so in his origin, not the movie, his actual comic origin, uh, he is, like, born into this aristocratic family in, like, the 17, 1800s. And there's, like, this... That's the case in the Wolverine Origins. Yeah. Anyway, he's, you know, here's this field hand who ends up being his dad. And he's like this piece of shit. And he ends up having to kill him. And his mother sends him away because he just killed somebody. Like tells him to run. Like get out. I don't want you anymore. Then takes a shotgun and blows her own head off. Oh, shit. That's that's almost. That's honestly a lot more like close to the comics than I was than I was willing to think that Wolverine Origins was. Yeah, that, uh, the, the the intro scene, the first five minutes of Wolverine Origins is excellent, except for the saber tooth parts. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that was almost exactly what happened in the movie. Yeah, but here's this tragic thing. Here's it's a twelve year old boy. He's getting these powers, and like these are not when mutants were like in their full. Yeah, these were like mutants were born every one out of a billion. Yeah kind of thing or at least they fucking hit it yeah and so there he is running off with his half brother that he also thought was a piece of shit called Sabretooth. oh and was he actually is he actually in the comic yeah that's okay i, th- I think they allude to that like it's his half brother no like does yeah. he actually run off with his half brother in the comic yeah, they do oh, and, they, okay. and they survive uh well he runs off first and then and then Sabretooth finds him okay yeah, that's why he that's like has this thing with the wolf because he like lives with wolves for a little bit, and they, they kind of turn it stupid. Okay, but anyway, and then you go on later on in his life, he knows nothing but how to be a soldier because he can just heal himself. Yeah, and then he's recruited by the military to become a weapon, and like loses his humanity for a little bit because 
You're really fucking me up right now. I thought that Wolverine Origins was just absolute garbage, but this is actually the comic. (laughs) Yeah, the comic does it better. The execution of Wolverine Origins was just what it was. And so the thing is, he was in the Weapon X program for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not like a minute, like, oh, I have my adamantium. Now I'm going to bust out and go hang out on a farm for a little bit. Like, no, he was there. He was tortured for years. Yeah. And eventually he breaks out, and then he just doesn't remember anything. He starts right back off when he was a kid. That's a real tragic hero. Yeah. That's something that, like, you em- you don't empathize with it, I guess. You sympathize with it. Yeah. Whatever the proper sympathize. term. Sympathize. And you're just like, fuck, bro. I get why you're a dick. Yeah. And I love it because, you know, you, you take those tragic things and you just, you want to feel for these characters. That's fair. No, I, I get, yeah. No, that, that's a solid one. Uh. I would say Magneto, even though he's a villain. Yeah. He he's one of those ones that's kinda iffy depending on your point of view and stuff like that. Yeah, but uh but like a, a Jew in the Holocaust that was tortured and kept being tortured after World yeah. War Two because he was a mutant. So like if you if you subscribe to the Magneto as a hero kind of perspective, then he falls in that category as well. Hashtag Thanos did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no. He did though. He did though. All right. Uh going on from that, let's talk about superhero teams. Okay. Um, like, that's always a fun one. You know, like everybody loves, everybody loves the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, Avengers or Justice League? I like the Avengers Not- more because it it feels more like friends okay. fighting. Well, the League is like a police force almost for the planet Earth. Fair enough. Because, like, the Avengers will have, like, like, uh... Ant-Man and Bumblebee are husband and wife in the Avengers team. And yeah. you kind of can get the like dichotomy. And it's just there's more emotions and more relatability and more lightheartedness. While Justice League is like, this threat's coming to Earth. Like, we need to military up and stop it. So I'll I'll say Avengers are the better, even though I think Justice League has better stories. I like the Avengers a little bit more. Fair personal enough. opinion. Fair enough. Um But I was just saying, like, you know. Teams, always fun. It's always fun to see like a giant, massive superhero fight against a bunch of massive, giant supervillains. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, I mean, look at the success of all three Avengers movies. Yeah. Age of Ultron is the li- less of those three, I'm pretty sure. But it's not bad by a long shot. It's not bad at all. Um, my favorite superhero team, though, is the Fantastic Four. Hot the- take. Marvel's first family. Hot take. Yeah, because it's a family. You have Daddy Reed, you have Mommy Sue, you have shit brother Johnny, and then you have crazy Uncle Ben. Fair enough. Ben Grimm, not Spider-Man. Yeah, Man. yeah no, I got you. Yeah, and I just, that relationship works. Fair but enough. it they could never put it to a movie, and so Marvel stopped writing comics because... Uh, Did they stop writing Fantastic? For a long time, for years. Oh, shit. Because why write new material for your movie competitor? They try to do the same thing with the X-Men because like I would say X-Men is my favorite team. Yeah. I'm doing a hot take. <laughs> yeah, no, yours I is I love I love X-Men comics. Yeah. I think X-Men is my favorite comic run. Yeah. But in terms of like a team dynamic, I would pick Fantastic Four. That's fair. Because it it's Marvel's first family. It feels like a family. You're you're in for that ride and you can relate, like, oh, I have a relative like that. Oh, I have a relative like that. And it just I don't know, makes you feel good. Fair enough. No, I like I just really like I like mutants. I think it's cool as shit. You're just born with a real badass power like 
I think that's really cool. I've always, you know, being a nerd myself, I've always dreamed of waking up with like superpowers one day. Do you still try to casually use the force to Every like grab the day. remote or something? Every single day. Same. No, like honestly, Josie and I'll be laying in bed and I'll just go, just stick my hand out and like almost pop a blood vessel trying so hard <laughs> to turn that light off because I don't want to get up. Uh, so yeah, I, lo- I love a good team. I don't know. This is, I just want to talk about this superhero. Okay. Even though it's not kind of what we talk about. I love me some Goku. <laughs> I love me some Goku. Because he's a hero that's a lovable goofball who just wants to fight. Yeah. That's it. Uh, he just wants somebody to put up a fight for him. That's it. And then if he beat, if he gets beaten, he just wants to beat them. And then he's like, all right, time to fight another one. Yeah. It's like, I just want to get stronger and like eat a lot of food. And I'm like, Goku, I, I get that. Love me some Goku. That's fair. We're not, we're not going to be an anime podcast. We're not. Goku doesn't really count. We're Dragon not. Ball doesn't really count. No. Uh, but yeah, no. Superhero teams are always fun. Uh, I would say X-Men's my favorite. Going off the Justice League versus Marvel, I would agree. Or Justice League versus Avengers. I would agree. The Avengers. I like them more. Uh, but I think that the, uh, the Avengers suffers from one thing. And okay. that's a lack of diversity. And like their powers and stuff. Um, yeah, I would agree. And that's I think that's kind of why Justice League turns into like this military thing because like they'll have sub squad sub squadrons who take on different things. Exactly. Like if you, especially if you watch uh, the new Young Justice, there's a mini team of like the sidekicks that breaks up into mini teams to accomplish some goal. Exactly. No, I mean like you have the the as far as I know, and I'm sure I'm fucking wrong. There aren't many Avengers. Like, there's the Avengers Ultimate Alliance. I don't know how, like, if that's, like... Yeah, Avengers that, just goes through so many roster changes. Fair enough. While the Justice League is like, this is our roster. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman are our mains. They're our mains. They're the, they're the trinity. But then we have about 20 others. Uh, yeah. And, all, like, so and that's a, that just depends on how you feel. Do you like a big, huge, inclusive team? Or do you like, I want to be with, like, these eight characters for a run. Exactly, exactly. It's all personal preference. Exactly, and I, I like the, I like to be able to, and that's why I like X-Men, is because I just like to see random shit. Like, yeah. I want, I love how, and sometimes in, like, there's the whole thing with Cloak and Dagger that I found out, is, like, Cloak, from what I understand, can teleport as long as he's in darkness. I don't think that's it. Is that not, okay, that might totally not be it, but, like. Well, like, in Civil War, in the comic run, he just kind of pops people up into the middle, I, like right out of the middle of a falling it. I've never New York seen skyline. it or anything like that. I just know that he's a mutant, and I, I didn't want to watch it because honestly, the show looked like garbage. Yeah, but, Cloak but and from, Dagger is a as a plot device. They're not real characters. Yeah, no. But from what from what I heard, so I think I watched the YouTube video on it, and it totally could be wrong. And I apologize. It if, could be a free form adaptation. That's what they're doing no I, don't like, know, I haven't watched the show either from, from what I, from what i remember the dude saying this is like in the comics and i could 100 be wrong not like don't quote me on this but just the idea this is actually pretty funny to me and it probably has happened in some way shape or form is that that's why he's called cloak it's because he wears a cloak and can teleport himself and other people as long as they're in like shadow or something like that I have no idea. Exactly. Cloak is a plot exactly. device to get heroes in and out of situations. Exactly. And if that's the case, that's hilarious that he has that oddly specific. Yeah. There's fucking Toad or, or whatever his fucking name is. It's from Toad. The, yeah. <laughs> he's a frog in human form. What kind of shit is that? Like He's I, got a super strong tongue. That's it. <laughs> like That's my favorite thing about the X-Men okay. and the mutants is that you can just anything. 
Hey, you know what? Know a fun fact about Toad? What? The actor? Yeah. It's Darth Maul. No it's way. It's the same dude. That's dope. Ray Parker. That's dope. All right. No, but like, you have people like Magneto, who is just some badass, can control the magnetic forces, not just metal, but like magnetic forces of the world, basically. That's how he can make himself fly. Mm-hmm. You have the strongest telepath in the entire world, Charles Xavier. You even have Iceman. You know, like he can turn his whole fucking body ice. He can touch anything and turn to ice. He can do like an ice slide and shit. He's really cool. You have Wolverine. You have Mystique. You know, like you have some real badasses on that team. And then you have Kitty. She can walk through a wall. <laughs> Whoa. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, lo- I love Kitty. Don't get me wrong. And I know in the comics and even in like uh, Days of Future Past, she can do some other shit. But starting off, yeah. she could walk through a wall. <laughs> So I just read the the Joss Whedon and Bill Cassidy run on X Men. So you get to the end of the run, and the aliens, because it's a it's a sci fi book, really. Yeah. Uh, shoot essentially a massive bullet at the Earth, and she's in the bullet. So like, here's this bullet that's like worth three Earths, and she faces the whole fucking thing through the planet Earth. <laughs> and I'm like, Kitty. I was asleep on you the whole time. <laughs> Don't sleep on Kitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, love me some Kitty Pride. Oh, and she she uh starts fucking Col- Colossus. Like I think they get married at some point. She does, and I absolutely love Colossus. Colossus is my favorite of the mutants <laughs> for no other reason than it's really badass that he's super strong and can turn himself into like just shy of adamantium. Yeah, like or yeah, he's like I guess third on the like the metal tier. Yeah, uh, like my so- favorite part stupid. about Colossus. It's a fastball special. That, yeah, that's fair. So I'm gonna explain the fastball. No, I special. think I don't think you need to explain the fastball special. I think everybody knows what the fastball special is. Well, I'm gonna explain it anyway. Okay. It's, it's, yeah. So he takes a balled up Wolverine and he just chucks it at somebody. That's it. And, and Wolverine just sticks his claws out like Superman pose and just wrecks people. Yeah. Oh, fastball special. I love it. Love a fastball special. All right, moving on though. <laughs> From teams, what you got? For teams? Oh. No, no, I was saying, moving on from teams. What oh. you got? My last one is just all, just this all-powerful thing that you're like, I don't know how to fuck with that. Okay, and I think we have to be on the same page for this one? Yeah. Soups? No, Dr. Manhattan. Going back to Watchmen. All right. Uh, I can't get away from it. All right, so Dr. Manhattan's literally God who can destroy yeah, and create exactly. things at a molecular, like, he's God. He is yeah. God. Um, but I was talking Superman because, like, there's something about seeing that Superman symbol behind the sun no. looking over the city that you're like, no, wow. I definitely think that Dr. Manhattan should be in a total league of his own. I don't even think Dr. Manhattan should be considered a superhero. He's a god. That's a totally different thing. Yeah, he is. And that's that's what uh, Doomsday Clock is all about. No, but um, uh, I definitely agree that Superman would be the, like, the go-to for all-powerful. And kind of going off that, he's also on my list as a pinnacle of goodness. Yeah. We we were gonna start and end this episode with Superman. No, no, I got I got one more thing. You got one more? Uh, before okay. we're done. I like it. Uh, before we continue on to pinnacle of goodness, Hulk for my awe pick as well. Okay. Because like uh, there's this series which Thor the Thor Ragnarok movie kind of touched on, but anyway, the Hulk gets betrayed by his superheroes and he comes back to like get his vengeance. Like he was shipped off to a planet. Like he started a family and then the ship that he was exiled on blows up and kills his family okay so he comes back to earth and that is just like the hulk has been playing angry like you stubbed your toe you're yelling fuck but you're not really mad yeah this was like 
This was John Wick level of angry that the Hulk was. That's fucking scary. He was so angry and so strong that every step he took uh, on the continental United States, the other seaboard felt it. Like, just level of power and awe. So Hulk's my second choice for that. Fair enough. Fair enough. So Pinnacle of Goodness. Pinnacle of Goodness is Superman. Obviously. Can you think of another? No, because he's the Boy Scout. Uh, Steve Rogers. Yeah. Steve Rogers. But even then, you could say Steve Rogers did some dirty shit in the war. He did. He did. But, uh, But like, that's... That's like people like that's nitpicking like a son of a bitch. Yeah, you do what you do. Um, uh, yeah, Superman and, and Captain America just, yeah, it's it's what you it's what you want your kids to turn into. All right, you know. So before we finish this off, I have two more I want to talk about. All right, man, let's, let's knock it out. Okay. Uh, let's not sleep on sidekicks. Oh no, let's let's not sleep on sidekicks who turn into heroes either. Exactly. Like, come on, Dick Grayson. Yeah. Uh, I'd... Bucky Barnes. Bucky Barnes is, is he turns into he turns into a Winter Soldier who turns into Captain America. Captain America. Um, I I love Robin. I love the character of Dick Grayson with my whole heart. I think that's probably my favorite DC character. Fair enough. If I mean, there's not, Tim Drake turns into Red Robin. Yeah, but that's weak sauce. It is, but like it's still another hero, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Batman turns out like real heroes. He does. No, he oh. he, he solidly has like the best superhero training he's, program. Yeah, he's a 3 out of 4 return because Damien is still technically just Robin. Exactly. And like even like even Red Hood turns to a hero, but like an anti-hero. Yeah. Um so I love the idea that the sidekick can be the real hero in a lot of senses because while Batman's dark and brooding and is like going to hurt people, Nightwing will sit there and talk you off a building. Yeah. While Robin will take take the time to take you off a building. And I just love it. It it's it takes a flawed hero and makes it a perfect whole. Fair enough. Hot take. All right. Miles Morales was the sidekick in into uh, into the Spider Verse. Yeah, it was a sidekick protagonist movie. I can agree with that. Yeah, I think he was the sidekick until he became the hero. Um. Yeah, I mean, it was like that in the Ultimate Universe too. Shit. Actually, no. So, in the Ultimate Universe, Peter Parker dies, and Miles Morales steps up. He gets his powers like couple issues before that yeah and then the ultimate universe starts like failing in real life like the sales aren't good so they decide to have an event to bring the good parts of ultimates into the main marvel universe and from there he actually gets trained from peter parker that's dope so when you think of spider-man peter parker you think of like a solo hero but it was a cool little you know hero sidekick scenario that is like i'm sure it's pretty well known but it's not in pop culture the way that i feel like it should be yeah that's fair uh, but hopefully we'll get more of that uh, with more Spider-Verse uh, sequels. It, we'll have to see what, where it goes with that. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a huge picture. Like, what is Sony going to do with its Spider-Verse, Venom-Verse thing? Because I, I enjoyed both films very much. Both, both of them were very good. Spider-Verse was definitely the better one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Spider-Verse was the best Spider-Man movie. Yeah, period. Sure it, was, it was excellent. Like, I'm I, not a huge Miles Morales fan. I know you are, but I thought it was excellent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah, I think it's the best Spider-Man movie because it, it captured what it is to be Spider-Man. I, I gave like on my scale, like I gave it a nine out of ten. And the only reason it didn't get a ten is because of at certain times the animation stuff was disorienting. Yeah, I gave it a ten out of ten because I didn't feel that. Yeah. All right, but here's like let's finish it off on like a banger. You know what I mean? An absolute banger. An absolute banger. One to get you thinking. You know? All right. Have 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 the have the listeners have a little thought. You know. Which is not what you listen to podcasts for. You don't listen to podcasts, I think, especially not ones like this. No. But uh, 
Villains seeking redemption. Okay. Villains seeking redemption. Yeah. Oh. I want like I have two on my list. Right. I want to see. I want to see what you have to think of though first. Oh, I'm thinking of the time Magneto led the X Men team after Xavier okay. disappeared for a little Solid. bit. I don't know that one. Explain that one to me. All right. I don't know the full run, so I'm kind of talking out of my ass here. But what's a podcast for? Uh, so Xavier is out the picture for whatever reason. And X- he's paralyzed. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so so Magneto steps up and he tries to lead the team, but he's like too brutal. He doesn't handle like the government or like cops very well because mm-hmm. he's just, like stay out of my way. I'm trying to help out mutants and trying to help out humans. Like he's just a, a shit version of Professor X when in that leadership role of the X Men. But he was genuinely trying, and it was just interesting to see the how he flipped the script a little bit. I think that was in uh oh god I can't think of his name, like one of the good X Men runs back in the eighties. I can't enough. think of his name for the life of me right now. Fair enough. All right. I also am not super familiar with this one, but there's the run of in Batman where Clayface kind of joins the Bat family. Yeah. Oh, so that's the Tom King run. Uh, he's picking up after DC Rebirth. He's writing Rebirth yep. Batman. Yep. He took out after Scott Snyder, which. You know, for picking up after that legendary Scott Snyder run, he did a good job. From everything I've heard, he did really well. Uh, and so, I hear that, like, the Clayface arc was actually really good. Yeah, so I haven't read the arc personally. I just kind of, what I've seen online from, like, What Culture Comics or yeah. Comics Explained or something like that is uh, he just gets in prison and he's just tired of being locked up. Yeah, and, and he, he joins, just says, Batman, like, let me help you out. Yeah, he joins uh, Batman Inc., which is, like, all the bat inspired and heroes i know, I know like he's globe. like he joins up and he does pretty well i think he does, he does really well and from what i remember from like like you said like the youtube videos stuff like that he's like not really trusted at first but like he does some really baller shit i have no idea if he actually stays on the hero path because i don't know either because here's a weird thing about comics is that comics are always gonna flow back to this to the status quo you can never permanently change comics unless it is just something legendary like Bringing Bucky Barnes and making him the Winter Soldier, or doing something that people just love so much. You know, if I, from what I remember, people really liked Clayface as a hero, so it might have stayed. I hope so. You know, I would like to see like a few years of that yeah. before you make him a villain again. All right, and so I'm finally gonna finish it off with a video game reference. Okay, it's a Red Dead reference. John Marston, John Marston, and Arthur Morgan, both of them. But okay. I'm gonna focus on John Marston. John Marston was solidly a bad guy. Yeah, he was a gangster. He 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 wasn't a gangster. He was a gang member. Two very different things. Okay, but uh, <laughs> so he he killed people just because they got in his way. Like he was a well, not really because that that was actually part of the whole gang is that they didn't kill people. They they help people who needs helping and kill people who needs killing. That's their whole thing. But like he killed policemen doing their jobs. He robbed people. Yeah, he hurt innocent. He hurt innocent people for his own gain. He was a villain. And in the end, he does his best to right his own wrongs and to try to make a better life for himself. He's not trying to be a hero in the in Red Dead Redemption. He's not. Yeah. He's trying to He's trying to be a good dad, I feel like. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. He's trying to be a good husband and father. That's it. He's trying to be a family man. He's trying to be a rancher. But he's brought back into that life. And is forced into a role of a hero. 
kind of goes back to duty if you think about it because he has that duty to his family because his family gets kidnapped by the government. Yeah. But uh like the John Marston is is a very much moral arc. He is, for sure. Like it it changed who he was as a person to to be on the right side for once. Yeah. And you have that same arc in Arthur Morgan. Okay, that's cool. Him being like a bad guy. Like he's not a very nice man. And even Arthur in the entire game, anytime somebody calls him a good man, he goes, I'm not. Yeah. There's but, a whole there's a whole little arc that's really good and it's a spoiler for a side mission. So it's nothing in the actual game, like actual like story. So I don't feel so bad spoiling it. Go for it, man. Spoil but it up. If you don't want to hear about this and you listen to the podcast, jump ahead to us talking about like signing off if you want to. Otherwise, <laughs> Or, or just, you know, pretend that we signed off now. Yeah, or cut off, you know. You, hopefully by now you know what our Twitter and stuff is and who we are. Um, At dudes underscore podcast. <laughs> there you go. Um, so there's a scene where you actually help a a big thing in the game is slavery. Is, like it's post-Civil War, but slavery is – and it takes place in the South, but slavery is still kind of there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole thing about slavery on uh, like plantation islands off of Cuba. And you go to this bill, like you, you're walking past a priest trying to gather uh, money to help the poor. And you can offer to give him money, but he sits there and talks to you and stuff like that. And you find out that there's a building that is being used to house slaves. And so you go and you help those people. And that leads on to a side quest series that has you helping the brother and a nun. And the nun's actually in uh, Red Dead 1. Fun okay, fact. cool. She's the one in Mexico, if you remember that. Nope. Yeah, I didn't think so, but somebody listening might. And you uh, you help them, and each one, you kind of sit there and have a confession with her at the end of each one, or in the beginning, whenever, just whenever it's convenient, honestly. But it finishes with her getting on the train to go to Mexico. And they have one last little confession and stuff like that, and he goes, I'm, I haven't been a good man. Like, I'm a bad man. I always have been, always will be kind of thing. And I can't run from the things I've done. And this is late in the game, so like you're obviously like on your redemption path at this point. Yeah, you you get the feels. Yeah. And so you have you have that scene and she goes, Every time I see you, you're helping people and you're smiling. You're a good man, Arthur Morgan. Like, even if you can't see it. And like it fucking hits you. Like it does. Like, you, like you're like. Damn. It's like one of those put the controller down moments and just feel it. There are a lot of that in this. Dude. That's awesome. That's there that's why I'm excited to play Red Dead. Yeah, but uh, no, like it's always really interesting to me to see a villain turn to a good guy. Mm-hmm. Be that for even for a short amount of time, like Magneto, or for a, a short amount of time, like John Marston, or anybody else who does it. You know. Mm-hmm. It's always a very interesting take to see that, and it's kind of fun. Yeah, I love, I love attempted by the light story. Yeah, where you kind of just want to be on the other side because you know it's the right thing. Calling to Calling it now, or kind of like Kylo Ren. I was trying to avoid that. I'm calling it now. Oh, man, man, I don't, I don't want to tell about Star Wars right now. We're, We're not going Star to. Wars We're not going Wars to. Right We're going to finish it off with that. But calling it now, Kylo Ren becomes a good guy. Yeah, I mean I, that's what we were predicting. Like pretty way, much before seven way, came out, we were back. predicting that back in the trailer days. Way back. Of seven, um, but I think that's it. I think that's a good stopping point. Yeah, we'll always end with Star Wars somehow, somewhere. It always comes back to that. Always. We were talking about moving the other day, 
and got <laughs> back to Star Wars. <laughs> it's always there. It is the center of our universe. For sure. Um, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and sign off on this episode of Heroes. Yeah. Hopefully you got something out of it. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed <laughs> listening to it. If uh, you did, be sure to tell, tell, tell your friends about us and stuff like that. Uh, be sure to tell us. We always like to, you know, have a little pat on the back. Uh, be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcast, regardless of whether or not you liked it. Not because of our egos, but... A little bit because of our egos. A little egos. bit because of our egos, but mainly because it'll help us get higher on the charts, stuff like that, and more people can see us. Yeah, we definitely want to spread this podcast, yeah. create a community of nerds who just want to talk about things. Uh, hopefully, you, uh, hopefully you guys have told some of your friends by now. Uh, like I said, do that. And... Uh, even if you, when you leave a five star review or whatever, if just you can say whatever you want. Like if you're like, hey, liked the first three episodes. Do that more often. Didn't like, didn't like the the next two. Whatever. Just tell us what you think with a five star review. It doesn't matter <laughs> if it's positive or negative. We're looking, we're looking for critiques. We are kind of starting. Just yeah, starting this is off, a so. this is a young podcast. This is our first ever attempted at podcasting or any sort of audio work really yeah uh it's my second attempt but <laughs> it's my first yeah but we're excited to to be doing this we're gonna do this for as long as we can we're gonna be doing it because we have fun with it we hope you have fun with it we're gonna be doing this until you guys are like if you don't fucking stop i'm gonna hurt you and yeah. even then we might call your bluff taft will call your bluff <laughs> i'm dude josh make sure you follow our twitter at dudes underscore podcast with me is my co-host dude taft thank we'll you guys for listening on. Bye-bye.